much of the American church is wrapped up in the political process these days. Some rationalize that if they can just get their guy in the White House, maybe things will get much better. Might that lead to rationalize a future world leader who suddenly presents us with peace and safety, monetary systems that go ching-ching, and a harlot Babylon world order that sets the church up for the greatest deception in history? Hi everyone, I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. Now before you assume I'm talking about your guy, let me assure you I am not. I'm stuck on the rationalized part. That if we think the civic process is the answer for our future, we might want to think twice when the coming harlot soon begins, soon begins presenting humanity with all the 21st century essentials of the good life. I'm afraid the time has arrived we can no longer put our hope in that civic process, not like we used to. I recently attended the School of Messenger seminar at IHOPKC, where some very gifted voices presented a rationalized scenario just like the one I mentioned and how it could easily lull a dull church into a catastrophe. The Bible gives a significant amount of information about the approaching harlot religious system, much more than I've really ever considered. This seminar was really a wake-up call for me. Beginning in Genesis and taking us all the way to the end of the age in Revelation chapter 17 through 19, the Lord reveals to us the ancient city, the Tower of Babel, and a future religious system will soon exercise demonic control over the cities of the world. You know, I was just thinking, I, I, I don't believe God's a real fan of cities. You know, historically, cities have a bad reputation. Bad because they're concentrated. You have concentrated people, and you'll likely result in concentrated sin. Do you know that riots don't take place on the farmland? Riots don't happen on farms. Riots are stirred up by rage in the cities. Pride is represented in the cities. The the architecture represents human pride. Those Genesis tower builders thought they had the thing, pride. Pride is concentrated in the cities. Greed is also concentrated in cities. That's, that's where the money's made. So in, in summing this up, cities are rebellious and they challenge the authority of God. And harlot Babylon doesn't hold any promise that that'll change. I believe we could safely say that among all the major prophetic events coming upon the world these days, the emergence of the harlot Babylon religious system will be the most challenging for the end-time church. You know that false peace and safety we've been talking about so much? Jesus says it all. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Now would be the time for some very difficult conversations and perhaps confrontations that will come with great seductions and a falling away from the faith. There's a generation, there's a generation on the earth that'll fall right in the middle of that harlot system. It's soon coming, experiencing the fullness of these coming events. So much of what we've been seeing in the sudden war has been accompanied with a demonic rage I don't, I don't believe it's been seen since the medieval times. Why did the nations, why did they exhibit such rage, and where does it go in its fullness before the Lord's return? 
like that spoken up by David in Psalm chapter 2. We've read this many times. Why did the nations rage? It's a rhetorical question by King David. And why did the people plant a vain thing? The kings of the earth, they set themselves and the rulers, they take counsel together against, against whom? The Lord and his anointed, saying, let's break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. That's the attitude of the harlot Babylon system. That's what's coming our way. The apostle John would have been very familiar with Psalm 2 when he wrote the book of Revelation the underlying issues of man's rebellion against God that we see at the beginning of the storyline of redemption are the seeds of what Babylon will become in the fullness at the end of the age. Why do the nations rage? And and where does that rage go in fullness before the Lord's return? John sees the peoples and the multitudes and the nations and the languages are being seduced into a relationship with the harlot. The earth, the earth will be in the middle of its greatest crisis. What began as a, a lame, man-made tower in ancient Mesopotamia will end as the most shocking expression of man's brazen desire to build a religious and social utopia. All those efforts we are beginning to see in the reworked monetary systems that are underway— and a harlot religious network that will sanction and bless man's terms for world peace and safety. The harlot Babylon system will be the the final, the ultimate expression of man's desire to affect his own salvation and experience divine blessing and favor in an abominable spiritual transaction. You know what David and Jesus foretold will be brought to vivid life? specifically in in Revelation chapters 17 and 18, which depict an end-of-the-age religious economic entity, the great harlot riding on a scarlet beast with seven heads, those composite seven empires dating all the way back to Egypt, every one, every one of which sought to the destruction of God's covenant nation. This harlot is shocking in her wickedness and her power, She's engaging in exactly what Jesus prophesied back in Matthew 24. They will deliver the church up to tribulation and kill the saints. John puts it this way, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, and when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Revelation 17, 6. This imagery is is nearly beyond comprehension for the 21st century mind. I've been a Christian most of my life, and I've never, never given much thought to these two chapters in Revelation. Like many, I didn't have much understanding on the matter, so so I'd always be one of those that look at the Bible verses and say, well, I'll get back to that. Consider what's in view, though. The ancient city of Babylon will be reborn into a new and modern context— that the angel tells the Apostle John will threaten the entire human race. There'll be no limit, no limit to its reach, and no end to its potential, which will have come at a staggering price, the blood of the saints. As his church, we, we must contend for a greater release of the spirit of revelation, so as people will lay hold of the fullness of what, what they need to know and thrive and prosper in these difficult days ahead. That wonderful prayer Paul gives us in 
in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. The abundance of grace that will come at the the end of the age in, in the most difficult and trying times in church history will also be the most thrilling and joy-filled times with the Lord and with one another. A vast multitude of saints, a vast multitude just coming into an eternal relationship with Jesus will emerge victoriously from the Great Tribulation despite all the hatred and despite all the rage coming because great glory and power are coming to the church. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I think we should pray. Father, in Jesus' name, you're bringing your church to its finest days, not its worst days. There'll be terrible times, Lord, you're promising that, but there'll also be great days. An assembly of believers that will know and recognize the hope of their calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance with the saints, having the in-season word of the Holy Spirit, walking in signs and wonders in a billion-soul harvest right in the midst of a harlot religious system. Holy Spirit, only you, only you can orchestrate such an outcome to welcome our Savior's return. Father, awaken us. Awaken us for the occasion. A lot of reformation must precede this coming revival. Place us in a position to receive and to understand in these coming glorious events. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And to that we say, Maranatha. I'm Bill Nordstrom.